So in this episode of uh, Simulated Reality Podcast, we have Abhilasha Parvar, CEO and co-founder of Blue Sky Analytics, you know, a startup that is fighting climate change and pollution with artificial intelligence and data. Hi, Abhilasha. Hi, how are you doing? So for those who don't know what Blue Sky Analytics is, Mm -hmm. you know, if you can tell. In a simple word. Um, so Blue Sky Analytics is building uh, what we say in, is Bloomberg for environmental data. We want to give long time series, spatially, temporally continuous uh, data sets about basic things, you know, um, air, water, land, soil health, water quality to people everywhere. Just democratize that information. So right now we're working on air. Um, uh, we have a pan-India air quality data set. We're working on emissions, so we're working on emissions, carbon emissions, and other pollution emissions that comes from fires, farm fires, industrial emissions. Uh, but yes, soon we'll be expanding into uh, water and into climate risk. Uh, so we're very excited about that. Yeah, what is it happening? Like in North, we have seen like you know pollution increasing very drastically over the last five years, especially in in the, in the NCI region. Yeah. So you know. What do you think is the sudden reason that it's... I think NCR just gets the news. Uh, yeah. Air pollution has been bad and is has been rising for almost 10 years. Mm. Uh, it has gotten significantly worse because five years ago or something, uh, the government of Punjab changed some regulations around crop fires uh, to save water. And then that accelerated the amount of crops that we were burning, um, decreasing the window of harvest time. And, you know, effectively we burn 35 to 50 million tons of crop waste. And then that's a recipe for really bad air. But NCR just speaks in news. Entire North India has an air pollution problem. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, your startup, Blue Sky Analytics, you know, it's using geospatial data. Uh, and then you were doing analytics on top of it. Mm-hmm. What was the original plan? Uh, did you think that, you know, you wanted to, like, fight the, you know, pollution? What yeah. was the original plan and how how has it come? So the original, the, I mean, very, very few founders, I think, have a plan. Uh, and it's also very ever-evolving because you con- constantly learn from the market and constantly learn from what's happening around. Um, in 2018, we had me and my co-founder, uh, who was working in Bangalore mm-hmm. and I was in the U.S., we just had this wish to do something around climate change. Like, let's try uh, or attempt. Uh, and then um, in uh, 2019, um, 2018 actually, we started figuring out satellite data sets. And you're like, oh my God, dude, have you looked at the satellite? Have you looked at that satellite? Did you know you could get this information? And we just started getting so much rich data sets that we could like do so much analytics on. And it was a very interesting engineering problem statement, right? So we hadn't used that much brain in many years of our lives. Like, whoa, it's very complex. It's raw and heavy data. Mm-hmm. You have to process it. You have to build a machinery around it. You have to think of so many, uh, from so many lenses. Uh, and yeah, we just got hooked onto satellites. Yeah, so uh, what data sets are you then looking at? You know, the raw bunch of data out there. Yeah, so uh, the thing, uh, one of the other parallel things that has happened, so one is uh, the climate change um, is an accelerating problem. It's a, you know, huge crisis globally. But on the technology side, uh, so many satellites are going upstream. So the cost of sending a satellite has gone down. You can make your own satellite, put your own sensors, you know, have some, there's an Uber for launching satellites, uh, place it accordingly. So there's so much data coming, what I call downstream. Uh, and I felt that there wasn't enough like analytical power 
in the middle and that was like a really nice space to be in uh, then coming from the indian standpoint right we uh, don't always excel in hardware stuff so we are not really in the space tech market we don't have a huge presence on upstream but i felt like you know we had such great engineering talent such great data scientists so many like almost one of the highest concentration of computer science graduates and that energy and that talent is like wasted on you know doing like mascara analytics i call it like you know shoes number of shoes to sell and so on and so forth so it was right human capital to to put to work on a very interesting data set yeah so you said the bloomberg of uh, environmental, environmental science right so uh, do you think that currently people are ignoring these data because there could be something really valuable there but i mean everyone is focused on business data and data analytics on business data but do yeah. you think this could be something that you know we have been ignoring i think um, so Four or five years ago, there were very limited ways to get to this kind of information. So uh, there were technical challenges around like accessing information. Also, you simply did not have some satellites in the orbit, mm, yeah. which provide you maximum amount of coverage or data. And this is an industry which is heavily dependent on public investment. So without ESA and NASA putting like ESA is European Space Agency putting billions of dollars into upstream, we wouldn't get information. But yeah, like I think climate change and environmental awareness in Indian. context is fairly low mm. um so um we do make a bet on the fact that it will rise uh, globally it's rising and we envision ourselves as a global play so um i think uh, yeah in 2022 23 will be in a good space yeah and uh, you know we've had like pollution control boards all over india what have they been not doing for all those years like you know uh, what do you think that that is lagging in those um i worked with some pollution control boards so yeah. in my previous to like you know um i worked for uh, ministry of environment and i worked with jairam ramesh who was minister at that time and with uh three four different pollution control boards see pcbs were designed almost like a police structure okay right their main job is regulation and a lot of pcbs were set up in like 60s and 70s most of the human capital like most of the people who you would see are the decision maker are Uh, typically like 50 year old men who are not always so well versed with data yeah. and technology like imagine your dad trying to like play with like apis it doesn't work right so my dad is good in what he does but i don't think he is good in tech and data uh, so what is lacking with pcbs is simply the capacity mm. or even uh, imagination sometimes when you are so technologically uh, behind you can't even imagine what technology can does and that's why uh, you will always find like pcb is asking for solutions which used to be solutions in 1980s uh, so how we see blue sky analytics is almost like bringing the environmental monitoring system back in 2020 it's like hey guys would you like these fancy data sets and like you know how about like, now you do your monitoring and mm. your regulation on top of it yeah yeah also work us through you know the technology stack because our audience is always hungry to know the yeah. you know, integrities of uh, the technology not just from the above so work us through what what the technology stack is like how are you working with you know mm-hmm. the raw data and then you convert them into valuable data assets so uh, very parallel to almost like oil refinery you know oh. we say that uh, but then Mukesh- that's like Yeah, like that's the best parallel, right? We say like you know, Mukesh Ambani and Dhirubhai Mani made like so much money on making one of the largest oil refineries in the world, right? Mm. So we are building one of the largest data refineries, and uh, that's what we call the whole machinery. You 
input like raw and crude data at one end and you would go through a whole bunch of like pipelines and filtering process and you know a whole bunch of modeling and then you get clean data sets at the other end uh, the stack that we have we primarily work with javascript and python and we work a lot of with aws infrastructure um, as sort of a cloud computing partner and uh, yeah like add these three things and uh, a good bunch of like data scientists and engineer mm-hmm. and you've got like you know a good machinery to process large volumes of data and give insi- insightful like actionable insights out of that yeah, yeah. and what about uh, the iot part of it is there like you do so you- iot we don't do any data generation okay. like either on the iot side or on the satellite data side we are uh, basically like a analytics play but we partner with a whole bunch of people to get ground reality data Mm. like if there is any iot data set out there which is pertaining to us then yeah. we are consuming it and uh, which is available i guess yeah which yeah. is available but i think it's growing it's a very largely growing growing segment yeah. um you know uh, all sort of like soil health monitors mm-hmm. water quality monitors air quality monitors have grown exponentially in past 3 years so they help a lot of like they form a foundation of a satellite data business because mm. you need enough like ground calibration data set uh, so it's a pretty cool space more successful they get better for us yeah and we'll go back to the you know situation in delhi uh, how do you think that it can be solved what do you what is your vision on that you know eventually on huh on delhi air pollution yeah yeah um so i've been in this thing for quite some years and especially mm. past two years very actively um one problem happens is that uh, there is relatively less focus so uh, for 2020 we started saying that hey let's focus on crops and crackers it also mm. has a nice sound to it yeah. and even in hindi it becomes like diwali and parali <laughs> so let's just focus on these two because often people are like construction dust it's like bro our air quality is not 200 that we are talking about construction dust we are in thousands right so if you want to come down from thousands to 200 let's mm. focus on the major polluter like elephant in the room uh, so yeah I, as i mentioned punjab simply burns so much of crop waste and haryana burns like almost like 30 million tons of crop waste not just delhi that plume and that whole like sort of cloud of smog actually goes all the way to bay, bay of bengal so west bengal and orissa at times like calcutta breeds the pollution that originates in punjab right so you have to think of it as a large air sh- shed problem and have a cross multi state collaboration to actually tackle it yeah yeah a lot of uh, experts i mean not a lot but yeah some experts say that you know uh, that if we just let it happen because india is in you know in a developing stage and probably that's why we have not been focusing on environmental uh, you know controlling environmental pollution or yeah. global mo- warming for that matter do you think that india um, should be focusing more on it or uh, it should be rather than then you know focusing on just building up the economy you know and then this problem will sort itself out If you would have said this to me probably like 10 years ago I would have been like yeah I think you know yeah. we are a poor country. Mm-hmm. Uh even you know personally I did not grasp how big climate change was till about like 3 4 years ago. Mm. Uh for India climate change is a existential problem and we are so unaware about it. Sometimes it feels like ironical when people are like oh you know returns and families and mm. like I don't think we'll have a planet to grow up to become 50 year old. Like that is how bad it is our understanding of how bad it is is very very poor and india needs to not just like focus on it build that understanding that it is it is partially apocalyptic mm. it is going to get very bad uh, not in just uh, just in terms of air but let's like, water you know i mean what what will happen when bangalore runs out of water 
What well, are, are those two things linked? Like as much as uh, as as much as we know, are the water crisis and the global warming phenomena are they linked? So uh, there are three layers to it. One mm. is environmental crisis, which is just not taking care of your basic environmental assets. Mm. The second one is global warming, which is sort of combination of high carbon emissions, which is leading to like just temperature increment throughout the world and the last one is climate change which is half the things we don't even know like the accelerated forest fires that we see globally accelerated typhoons hurricanes it's climate change often we take these three things and just mix them together they are interlinked and they are separate mm. uh, environmental crisis is much more local so for instance the us has beautiful forests clean water clean air everything so it does not have an environmental crisis but it does have a climate crisis while india or let's say in our case bangalore has a severe environmental crisis the lakes are dead or super polluted the water table has gone for a toss the infrastructure has gone for a toss so you know even like the tree cover is diminishing marginally the temperature is increasing so you have a lot of things at play in this case the, the government is worried about wire no, not many cars being sold right Um, see why are not many cars being sold is a economic indicator yes. and your economic growth is good yeah. uh, what we do need to worry about fact is that uh, yes we are going to see a huge economic like for people of our age your age and my age this is going to be the first time in our lifetime like you know us existing that our economy will be at this growth rate i remember graduating college and our economy was like booming and like 8% mm. right my first salary was in higher than my dad's salary at that moment and that was a product of economic liberalization yeah. plus like booming economy what is going to happen to the 22 year old kids now are there going to be enough jobs for them so those are some of the important things but a major focus is uh, uh, we have a imaginative handicap of thinking about sustainable development we think that economic development and solving like you know environmental problems is not possible together what i say is that you will be able to yield multi billion dollar economic output with sustainable development like just think of it as a problem statement and you got to crack that problem statement right we have built large companies large unicorns by solving problems So if you think from the lens of problem solving and rather a social or environmental or whatever it's like wait this is a problem i got to solve it out and you will see that there's a lot of economic potential in that game as well sure uh, and if you look at the you know global geopolitical scenario global warming is also a big thing and then uh, you know trump uh, getting out of the paris uh, agreement and all of that yeah. uh, how is that impacting you know at the very grassroots level at your startup you know what is the impact of all those things i think um um this is something that when i was in grad school one of our professors actually made us do a mental exercise mm. that when global warming um or climate change actually becomes a real threat humanity would have two ways to go about it one would be a more empathetic way in which we actually care about each other and which would lead to more liberal politics so you have the likes of it in finland and you have in new zealand which is uh also like female led uh, you know politics which is very liberal and environmental the other will be more self centered like let's save our group you know which you have in india which is like almost like you know sort of in ways like we got to protect our own because climate change is coming natural resources are shrinking so it's a little protectionist behavior which is both the us and some ways even australia right now but i think australia will change significantly india yeah. a lot of other countries uh, the second one will not work because planet is one and it's super linked that's something that these political uh, folks who i think are just living in some different decade and different reality do not grasp 
the world is highly interlinked so global mm. markets are highly interlinked global economies are highly interlinked yeah. so if there is a severe crisis um australian fires they are going to impact global economy including india mm. right so you will not be able to go down that route but yes there is a rise of fascism globally i hope that some people will be able to save us from that yeah but then there are people who say that you know global warming is just a you know it's a phenomena that occurs every 1000 2000 years whatever like geological age of the earth so do you agree with that in any form or is it just the humans which are causing it through carbon emissions like i mean it is the scientific consensus but what would you say to those people you know i think uh, i mean i can't even answer begin to answer that question whether like you know global warming is whatever phenomenon it is not hmm. you can look at all these data or the data of ice ages i yes. mean antarctica day before yesterday was 18 and 1/2 degrees celsius yeah that doesn't happen for antarctica right we have already crossed 1.3 degrees celsius of warming and right now we're on a path of 5 to 7 degrees celsius of warming which would leave humanity with like no place to essentially live uh so the people who say that global warming is not like real or it's a mm. natural phenomena um there is a fantastic documentary and recently in the US parliament US congress um people there was a case against uh, exon mobil which knew since 70s what they were doing and were just like hiding it so i think it's a nice pr strategy and they have some very brilliant but mm. absolutely immoral people who are building that narrative yeah. uh, uh it's just a narrative you know in delhi we had a lot of crackers that were burned this year because a great marketing strategy was green crackers so green crackers cause less pollution yeah. and are good for environment so uh you know we do have a tendency to buy into nice narratives but then how does a human civilization separate the politics and the environmental part because you know these are all interlinked economics yeah. politics environment yeah. everything is interlinked so thinking about things in silos doesn't work yeah. uh when you have a problem you have a problem you got to solve it uh and thinking as broad and as innovative as broad allows you to be very innovative um i think what will happen is a uh, change in narrative and change in trends like people like you and i will no longer care about materialism in general uh our value systems will change and that will lead to just much larger but change but then isn't the opposite happening right now i mean I think tiktok culture gonna... people are more attention seeking people are running after money because it's capitalism it is changing in small circles and i think it will change in much bigger ways in the next 5 years the gen the next generation um is expected to be much less consumeristic than last generation the boomers were more of like you know holders like yeah. they want house they want car and so on and so forth while our uh, generation has already gone gotten into renta infrastructure method sharing economy yeah. yeah like a sharing economy so it's going to be a big change and also see i think entrepreneurs and very few people drive that change so why we are sitting here with blue sky analytics and you know is because we want to drive the overall you know sort of um, not culture but overall narrative in a certain direction yeah mm. Okay so uh now if you look at China for example you know China also has a big um, pollution problem but they are on top of innovation as well yeah. so what again i mean it's a two part question what has been like your, the response from the indian government towards you i mean if you have been engaging with the government as you said you talk with pollution boards yeah and so what is the role of government here is what i'm trying to ask government has a lot of role to play hmm. uh, and they they have marked fair amount of like budgets for it what happens in the indian bureaucratic system versus the chinese bureaucratic system is actually efficiency okay they have very nice like efficient system in place so when they want to shut down certain power plants or certain segments of uh, you know things which are polluting they're able to do it very quickly 
on the monitoring side also they're very very far ahead of us just their monitoring networks the algorithms the organizational capacities is pretty awesome so india has a little catching up to do and that is where the role of startups is because governments cannot always build capacity so quickly either on the tech side or on organizational side while a startup can do it so probably like finding ways to work closely and we do work closely with multiple governments and multiple agencies uh, it is a little drainer on a startup because governments move super slow uh, but yeah like we hope to like you know work closely with them and solve air pollution in north so if you look at the ecosystem you know that yeah. that that's part of this environmental um, you can say environmental thing uh, what is it, what is a what are the entities that are part of it i mean government is one citizens are one right and then you fit in with your startup so how does it all connect to actually create impact so i think it's fundamentally thinking about imagination like you have to imagine a society which is carbon neutral or carbon negative which is environmentally positive and i use a simple word which is like climate positive you have to think about systems which are climate positive and that's where society and innovation and governments come together so let's say i create like you know data sets i create blue sky analytics and it's giving you information about um imagine you go to buy a t-shirt from h&m you get a mrp at the end of it right you get taxes and all which is like government regulation what if you got carbon you know how much carbon was this t-shirt mm. carbon footprint of that t-shirt yeah. and water footprint of that t-shirt in your bill is it going to start changing your like behavior and changing your sort of habits of purchase yeah. now what if the government uh, sort of you know gave higher mandates to like carbon neutral things or so on and so forth so there is a place where consumption and policies uh, change um, there's a very nice quote which is every dollar you spend is like yeah. a vote you cast Mm-hmm. so you shape the world by actually your purchasing sure. decisions uh, so at this moment i have much more faith in just global free market yeah. i think you can structure markets in yeah, a way I mean, so so my point earlier the global free market is not caring about environment at the end it does it is yeah. blackrock just came up with like larry fink who heads blackrock yeah. has just said that climate strategy is now going to be the center of blackrock's okay. investment strategy and not like a so in terms of how it affects my business is blackrock manages 8 trillion dollar worth of capital globally right till today like a few billions i mean now they're going to add 630 billion dollar worth of capital into like esg portfolio imagine if my data set is something which is like forming yeah. a base of like those yeah, decisions yeah. So right like i've got like a big pie to go there right yeah you'll you'll be rich then not just rich. that but like you know when you uh, make a investment decision and i saw this happen in uh, the us coal industry in past 5 yes. years right uh if you have a coal mine in the us and you are doing great revenue and you have great profits nobody wants to touch you nobody wants to put any money into you you have yeah. like you can't have a investment to even like get working capital around hmm. instead if you are a electric car company and you're not even sharing <laughs> shipping electric cars into the market yes. you have a valuation which is higher than ford right why is it because the market is actually caring about these things so this notion is wrong okay uh, but there is a huge capacity dearth Uh, we haven't built enough organizations where that money could go there's a very high demand for climate positive startups but the supply is really low hmm. so do you think do you envision a global exchange ecosystem based on carbon credits 
uh, where people no, I just think the share market just just share I think the share market no the share markets okay. like you know I okay. mean the stocks I Stock think market. at one point oil stocks would like so so what I was saying is that the carbon credits could actually be a commodity in future possibly see they've tried carbon credits and I hope carbon credits come back and it would be great but it did not work out like five to ten years ago I think carbon when mixed with the share market. um because setting up a whole new market and its whole regulation and like everything is like a whole pain in itself crypto market is in that stage right now i mean crypto I mean, market is also like so i mean it's in that nascent stage where they're figuring out and a lot of startups have actually put it on what has happened in the like tokenized form of carbon credits right what is happening in terms of carbon or climate change and global market is that global capital market is now taking climate change as a central to its strategy so like bonds and equity and derivatives which are forming so i think in future people will make investment decisions not just based on returns but also on economic uh, on so china would then accumulate all the carbon credits just like they have accumulated all the us treasury bonds and they'll say i will just pollute environment because we have carbon credits no no, no i that's what I, that's why i'm saying i yeah. have very little i don't i'm not talking about carbon credit market okay i'm talking about just global capital market Okay, so what I'm more in terms is, of applications and gadgets, probably. No, what I'm saying is that if you have a share, if you are a company, if you are a multi-billion-dollar company, I'm saying in future people will not buy your stock if you're a carbon-emitting oh, company. Okay. Simple as that. I will give data to people of who, which company has what carbon footprint, and the companies which have highest carbon footprint, even if their revenues and their profits are insane, yeah. nobody will hold them. Hmm. So, so your okay. you can make as much you know like imagine you're a company how do you what is your value your value is the share the the cost of your share right let's say let's talk case of vwork which went for ipo recently last year right the capital market just did, was not buying the share they were like oh but softbank is invested in us yeah because it was overvalued they had valued it no the value is value is done by us we do the valuations yeah like tesla is extremely overvalued Mm. Like if you look at their revenue, sure. profit, it is a super hyper valued company, but it is out in the global market, yes. and it is I don't know what the share is like three seventy or something right now. So it is on uh, you know you people like you and I like an average equity investor, an average retail investor makes these decisions, and there is a huge uh, sort of pull out from the carbon stocks. I think. Okay. Yeah. And by pull out, you mean. Like, I mean, like Aramco's uh, IPO would have been ten times more successful exactly, yeah, five years yeah, ago, yeah. right? Okay, okay, I got your perspective. So companies are actually looking at it more seriously as a part of their future I'm strategy. I'm saying those companies won't exist. Oh, nobody will buy Shell stocks ten years from today. Doesn't matter what profit I mean, Shell does. Okay, okay, got it, got it. Okay. It's like you are almost like I mean, is it the, the a lot of these carbon intensive or environmentally polluting companies are going to. Go into this like untouchable category where I don't care, but I don't want to be associated with you because I don't think you're good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, what is then your business strategy here? Right? Our business strategy is actually to provide data to all of this. <laughs> okay. We're gonna put numbers behind everything, and then next time you buy your T-shirt, we'll tell you what your carbon footprint was and what your water footprint was, and then you'll be like, wait, this T-shirt is three hundred bucks, and this T-shirt is three thousand bucks, but I'm going to buy the one which is three thousand, or I'm not gonna buy any of them because, damn, this girl is telling me my carbon footprint. So that is our strategy, and that is our strategy for all the like lot of stocks in the world. you know i think uh for instance like a lot of big oil companies they just get away with what they're doing because we don't put numbers to it we know that there's a lot of carbon emissions or mining companies right we don't put numbers to it what if somebody try to put numbers to it 
Hmm. Would your decision start to change, you know? And uh, that's our whole plan for the next decade. Yeah. And uh, if you could just, you know, touch upon some of your other clients and, you know, uh, the different verticals. We're a very early stage company. So, you know, we are just starting to like get off. I mean, we are practically an eight-month-old company, essentially, right? So we are looking in the healthcare space. We are looking into insurance space. We are looking at financial institutions. um, And we'll be building our presence with them. Yeah. um, And see how it goes. But walk us through, like, how, what kind of value can, can these data sets, can Blue Sky Analytics create for, let's say, insurance or healthcare? If you can give, you know, some yeah. examples. So, for instance, uh, let's talk about uh, risk okay. of a particular portfolio. So, you're a big insurance company and you have underwritten a lot of assets in Bangalore, right? And now I come and tell you that, hey, I mean, every other big company, right? Like, all of HSRs, like Uran and everybody, they have bought insurance products for their business, you know. Uh, and I come and tell you, hey, in 2022, Bangalore's going to run out of water. Right. Now tell me the impact on insurances. Mm-hmm. There's a business interruption insurance that a generally large business buys, right? Now, Uran is not in business for a month because there's no water and employees can't come to office. Who is paying the brunt of it? The insurance mm-hmm. guy is paying brunt of it. So would the insurance guy want to get that information from me in advance to know when Bangalore is going to run out of water? <laughs> Right. So that's a, this is the value add to insurance. And um, it's a large market globally. It's not just like an Indian market. Uh, everything from typhoons, hurricanes, forest fires, uh, just high temperature days. You know, one of the big risks that I call is extreme heat days. So take the entire state of Uttar Pradesh or Rajasthan. Uh, the days when the temperature will go above 50 degrees Celsius. There will be no economic activity yeah. in those days, and there'll be a really high healthcare cost because a lot of people will get like you know sick, will probably even die. A lot of people will go to hospitals. So now, can I provide information to hospitals one or healthcare system to be able to tackle that better? And can I also provide information to the you know just imagine the economic impact of these extreme heat days, right? Like Middle East. You're looking at it as a large, like, sort of client base because Middle East will have many, many days of 50 to 53 degrees Celsius in the next decade, which means a lot for whether people can even do business meetings or not, right? So this is the sort of the play that we are in. Sure. And uh, do you think that India's, you know, growing space strategy and, you know, the drones coming up, all of this data that will be generated with this, you know, will help you? Yeah, like, I mean, I think the data generation thing is, there is explosion happening. I'm really excited about that. So my raw material is getting, like, cheaper by the day, right? Um, I would love for ISRO and IMD and just, like, government agencies to make, like, adopt a little more open data platform policies. Mm. Uh, Even today, we're mostly reliant on European Space Agency and NASA for our data sets and not the Indian satellites simply because um, the transactional cost of acquiring data set is high. The cost is really low but writing an email, mailing, calling, that's just, so just like release those APIs, we'll do our thing, just don't like put them behind like walls and like clicks and buttons. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, so I mean, with this APIs and you know, uh, and data analytics, data science on the environmental data, uh, there must be like other startups also working. So how can you then collaborate with those other startups? Maybe, perhaps not in India. Yeah. Maybe then many in India. Uh, you know, how can you create this ecosystem, even with large companies, yeah. uh, to create these products which are environmental friendly and then obviously in the long run save the civilization. 
Yeah, that's a nice word. Nice link to it. So we do think. Um, so one of the um, um, focus points that we have is obviously climate change, and the second one is geospatial data. But on the third, we actually care a lot about open source and developer ecosystem. So uh, most of our API, the idea is that we provide you data set, and then you play with it. Yeah. Like, you know, we want to give data sets to, like, students in, like, colleges mm. and have them, like, build whatever they want to build on top of it. So, um, in future, in the next two, three years, you will hear about us more in the dev ecosystem. So, my tech team and our CTO is, uh, so, my CTO is a college dropout. He literally, like, left college after first year of engineering and was like, okay, I'm off to Bangalore, the Silicon Valley of India, and I'll figure out something. Yeah. And uh, I think... Uh, the the new generation, thanks to democratization of information via internet, we can learn whatever we want to yeah. at the clicks of our fingers. So if mm. you want a degree in philosophy or psychology, you can have it one week later. Yeah. Right? I mean, so, it's anyways. Education, I think, is already, like, all the information is already out there. So, I mean, a degree is probably, like, just a, a confirmation. It's a namesake. Yeah. Like, in our shop, we don't care about whether you have a degree or mm. not. Just like you yeah. have to like, I think we have three major focuses, which is you need to have a resolve. You need to be really curious and you've got to care about something and mm. hopefully care about planet, right? Uh, but yeah, the idea is in future, we provide this data set to a whole bunch of developers yeah. and a whole bunch of students. Yeah, and have see what hackathons, you know, problem. exactly. Can yeah. solve a bunch of problems that way, yeah. That'll be pretty yeah, awesome. we also do like some hackathons here at Analytics India magazine, so different yeah. problems. Yeah. And we have those data sets which people uh, work on. So, um, what are the challenges? Uh, you, you mentioned that the, you know acquiring data could be a challenge in India. What other infrastructure problems are there? Um, so I think uh, once you are at a problem and you are at it for a certain amount of time with the right strategy, you're able to solve it. So we've solved for many of them. When we started, we felt that uh, people didn't care. We met a lot of investors and a lot of like angels who were like, oh, air pollution, <laughs> there's no money in it. <laughs> like People are like... You should sell your business as an AI business rather than an air pollution or climate change business. Like, change your narrative. So, uh, you know, I think we do stick to our cause at some level. Like, we do, uh, AI and technology is a tool for us, but we are into what we're doing because of climate change, right? Uh, but uh, we kept on meeting people and talking to them and being like, hey, you got to care about climate change. So, we've changed uh, that narrative and uh, on the investment side or on the, you know, funding and so on and so forth. Uh, the next problem we have is human capital, you know, financial capital, human capital. So we do find it slightly challenging to find people in India who understand climate change very well and who understand technology well. So that nexus, if you're able to build that one, will be pretty cool. Like, you know, developers against climate change. I think that can like really rock or data scientists yeah. against climate change. Um, and uh, that would be another second challenge. Once you figure out these two pieces in a company like your team, and enough capital to be able to pay your team, you know, and you have like a broader, nice North Star, you can solve everything else. So, mm. yeah. And it just, it's not just about environment. I think it's, it's, it's going to impact like all industries, like each and every industry. So you're going to be like working with all of them, whether it's... It's going to impact every single human being. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's a matter of life and death at some level. We don't get it um, because we... Um, and if you do go into more like rural parts of India, actually... You will see um, that um, a lot of like economic sort of, you know, degrowth that we are observing right now. Um, I don't know how much, a lot of it is obviously stupid policy. A lot of our 4.8% of growth is thanks to GST and demonetization. But 
some part is that uh, temperature is really high the ground water table is going really low so agricultural outputs are at high risk uh, the farmer faces the highest brunt of climate change and a lot of agri startup are looking at it from a agri tech perspective but once once you start to look at it from a climate change perspective uh, you find a lot of really answers as well yep. yeah <clears throat> so you know do you think that uh, you know the australian bushfire could have been controlled if there was proper predictive modeling systems in place if they had been you know such things and if you could have some similar systems in india i mean probably we might not have fires on that large scale but as you mentioned the water table for example you know all those things you know the agriculture which is out the backbone of our, of our economy right agriculture is no longer backbone of our economy i mean i mean still i mean uh, what i meant is that a large chunk of the population of gdp contribution to gdp is low but yeah the number of people who are engaged workers. yeah in it uh, is what i meant so do you think that uh, something like that could be done on a large scale yeah we we need to do a very large scale like we need to almost imagine a world uh, in india yeah. in which 25 to 30% of current labor force is not in agriculture okay. and that imagination is not happening at a macro level mm. and frankly speaking it scares the living hell out of me because i feel those people are going to be left so marginalized right uh, 48% of labor force in agriculture which is producing 18% of economic output that is one recipe for inequality so if you were to grow up and be 18 year old and be like hey dad i'm going to be a farmer you might as well go to your father and be like i'm going to be extremely poor for rest of my life so uh, at a very macro like government policy very top level we are not thinking about deagriculturalization of our economy which is very scary for me uh, why is it scary because uh, agriculture like one the reliance is mostly on water so we end up actually exporting water i think india um, harvests like you know extracts more water than like us every year and we don't have that much water like yeah but us has like so many fresh lakes you know all of that and also a lot of yeah. groundwater like yeah. so rice import export that we are very proud of like basmati right it is literally taking a whole bunch of water and being like hey would you like to buy it at a very subsidized price yeah. <laughs> right so uh, in that sense uh, at a very political level i think you told like you know ask that whether we work with the government so local governments or so some governments have started to think about it um, aadmi party just came in power today extremely happy they do have a little like environmental sort mm. of bent but uh, the current ministry of environment has almost like said that air pollution doesn't kill and i don't know how much like climate change has been on that radar like in one of the speeches modi was like climate change nahi hua hai we have changed so i don't know what's happening there uh, but we are like uh, moving economy out of agriculture at a very large scale and imagining uh, those things are going to be critical if we were to survive for next 50 years yeah So, what is your vision then for future? Are you optimistic about global warming? Are you, you know, <laughs> with uh, technologists like yourself, you know, coming together and solving this problem? Yeah, I think uh, if um, I've seen a great change in one year, like you know, you would have asked this question in 2018, and I was super pessimistic because I was like, nobody cares, dude. But in one year, like. I feel people have started to care, and uh, the most important thing is that if we do put our mind and our will to something, we can solve it, mm. right? So uh, whether it's like, you know, us and a bunch of other people, like you have solutions, you know, solar, urban farming, vertical farming, like not, you know, not using single-use plastic, anti-consumption, changing some certain parts of lifestyle. You have a lot of solutions that are out there. Uh, you know, you have a lot of data out there, and uh, I think you'll have some right entrepreneurs who will come. 
and hopefully the ecosystem will like you know invest into them and have them thrive and you will have like great solutions the world in 2030 will not look like today awesome great yeah uh thank you so much for coming you yeah. know sharing your story sharing those insights really thanks. appreciate it yeah thanks, thanks for pleasure. having me here this is yeah. amazing nice to meet you so oof